Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Hey, Kate, do you like deals? Of course, who doesn't? Well, good, because if you said no, this read would have become really awkward. Well, that's something you're pretty good at. Well, I know you are, but what am I? Really? Your maturity level's showing. Thank you. Anyway, did you know Amazon has an entire page dedicated to daily deals? No, I didn't. They have deals that update each day and other deals that pop up throughout the day. No matter when you go and visit, there are always new items. Let me guess. You can see the latest deals by visiting stadiumscene.com forward slash Amazon. Wait, how did you know that? Come on, did you really think I didn't know about Amazon deals? I was just playing along to mess with you. <sighs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for wasting my time. StadiumScene.com forward slash Amazon. And welcome to the second episode of the Stadium Scene Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Flook, located outside of sunny Phoenix. And as always, also here is Kate Thompson, located outside of Chicago, where it's probably not sunny there. Today we have a huge announcement, and we are here to introduce our newest team member, who will be a, a major asset to our Stadium Scene.tv project. Um, she's an avid traveler, uh, a foodie, and a sports anthropologist, and we'll get into that what that is later. So uh, please welcome to the team, uh, we have Jillian Fisher here. And if you follow her on Instagram, you know her more as at Fisher Jillian. So Jillian, uh, welcome, welcome aboard. Hi guys, how are you? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> how, where's Kate? Is Kate here? Yeah. yeah. How is Chicago? Is it sun? Tell him he's wrong. It's sunny in Chicago, right? Actually, it's pouring rain. Yes, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried, Chicago. I tried. <laughs> how are, How is life in sunny Phoenix then? Since it's not sunny here, it's not sunny in Chicago. What's it like out there, DJ? Uh, 88 and sunny. Must be nice. <laughs> the the hundred and fifteen will be here soon, but I don't I don't mind that at all. It's because you're crazy. Hundred and fifteen is pushing it for me. I, last year when I got here, like pushing the second or third third day, I was in Phoenix. I went out to the uh, I was living in an apartment, and I went out to the pool, and the therm thermostat was like maxed out at the bottom, and I looked it up, and it said it was like one eighteen, and I'm just like. That's it? That's 118? <laughs> oh, I would be melted. <laughs> well, it helps when the humidity is 9%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so with you being based in Boston, or yes. Boston, are you actually in Boston proper or suburban Boston? Uh, suburban. 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 Yeah, I guess if you were living in Boston, you'd pay like $3,000 a month for rent. For oh, a... yeah, the cost of living is pretty intense, but it is a really cool city, so... You pay a lot, but you get you get what you pay for in a sense. You pay three thousand dollars for a studio apartment, which is the size <laughs> of my closet. 
Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> you can find affordable places. Usually it's just you need roommates. Or go very far away, but still stay on the... Which is, uh, that's my option. I went, I went the, let me go further outside the city route. So we're going to go ahead and kick this off. As I alluded to in our introduction, I mentioned that you call yourself a sports anthropologist. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I ran into you the other week, <laughs> I asked you what that was. But you know, could you tell yeah. us a little bit about what uh, that is exactly? Absolutely. I get it asked a lot. And, you know, with the world we live in, you have 140 characters to kind of tell everybody who you are and what your hopes and dreams are. And, you know, 140 characters isn't a lot. So I'm um, actually a cultural anthropologist and that's just the study of people and culture and um you can focus on a lot of different things and i focus on sport and culture and just kind of viewing uh sport as a way to understanding culture and to me it's my favorite way it's the best way you know you can look at food you can look at music art um but the most you know i grew up playing sports i grew up watching them and i've always said that sport is a universal language it's just wherever you go there's a unique dialect and um I really like getting to know that. And I like to learn about the people in the stands, the people who invest their time and their energy and sometimes their sanity into rooting for the home team. There's something there. And I always felt like traditional sports media was kind of missing that. And, you know, just combining my love of sport, travel and culture kind of made sense. And so I just started doing it and really getting to know a place the way a fan knows it. And, you know, when I speak about it, I hope that they feel that, you know, she understood what it's like to be a fan of, you know, the Bruins or the Flyers or, you know, any team. I feel like when I go there, I, you know, I really try hard to understand what it's like to be a fan there. And I say, like, I cheer like a local. That's my my, my motto is cheer like a local. Now, is this something that existed already or would you claim to be the inventor of yeah. this concept? <laughs> Um, no, this is definitely something that has existed. You know, I have numerous books on sport anthropology, uh, or like the anthropology of sport. Um, you know, there's sport ethnography, there's, you know, people who have written sport ethnographies before. Uh, I think it's just, it, the way I present it is more mainstream as a way that it captures the attention. People see the name and they're like, well, what is that? They want to know more. It sounds really interesting because it is, you know, it's something that I think people have been thinking and people have wanted to learn more about this, but it's never been explored in a way that, you know, it's not just an academic way. It's something that is trying to bring it to the masses because for me, anthropology is just understanding other people. And I think that's so important that we get outside of our comfort zones and really just, you know, whether it's just understanding your rival team and, or, you know, going as far for me my next stop is Australia. So going halfway across the world or going across the world, I think that's important. So you mentioned about the sanity of some of the fans and the teams they choose. I know where can this you, is going. Yes, I'm out of Chicago, but can you explain to me Bears fans? <laughs> I have never been to a Bears game. I cannot tell you too much about them. <laughs> um, uh, but I do know that anytime you say, you know, the Bears fans, everyone wants to go, duh, Bears. Yeah. So. There's definitely some historical data, historical points there that I'm sure tie into their fandom. I'm going to take a lot of crap for this, but if you've ever seen the sketches from Saturday Night Live from the 90s, the Bill uh, yeah. Swirsky yeah. super fans, yeah, that's, <laughs> yep. it's not an exaggeration. 
Oh, I know. It's but so that's the thing though. It's you know, it's kind of I'm from Philadelphia, so Philadelphia fans have this thing where we're the worst fans, right? People hate us. You throw blue Santa Claus <laughs> and you throw batteries at players yeah. and So anything that we do obviously is just a reminder of why we're horrible and you know, fans take on a personality whether they like it or not and anything that happens kind of just reinforces that. So Bears fans I'm sure are great examples of how that happens. Um, and it's something that's been happening for decades now. So it, it would definitely be interesting for me to get in there and get to know some people and experience it firsthand. Well, up till recently, uh, the uh, Chicago Cub fan base would have been an interesting follow, but not anymore. <laughs> um, it was so funny. I was out there this summer and the one guy who's been, oh, he's a lifelong fan. And he's like, you know, I went to the game. And I heard somebody in front of me say, oh, I can't, you know, I can't get up to get my drink. I got to see what's going to happen. He goes, this is not what being a Cubs fan is about. It's about going and getting inebriated so I don't remember the game because we're so sad. He's just, like, upset that they're doing well because he's like, this is not my identity. We are lovable losers. We don't win things. I actually, uh, when I used to live about 10 minutes from Wrigley Field for a while, I, uh, I went to a bachelor party one year. Oh, no, no, I take it back. I was in the suburbs, but... Because we took a hundred dollar cab ride back from the uh, from Wrigley because we were uh, didn't think we could make it through a train ride back to the suburbs, and uh, we went up onto the rooftop and we got suckered into a contest with people that were uh, you know fit that stereotype and they were trying to drink a beer an inning, and uh, I think I gave up after four or so, <laughs> uh, but it yeah it's. It's a dangerous game. Yeah, it's a dangerous game, and again, it's it's not an exaggeration by any means. Yeah. Yeah. So besides Wrigley, where have you been recently? So as you guys know, I was just in Phoenix, uh, but most recently I was just in Detroit. So there's I had two back-to-back weekend trips, and both very, very different trips, which is why sport is so great, because you can go and have two extraordinarily different experiences, but uh, I wanted to go to Detroit to see a game at Joe Lewis arena before the, they, before they tear it down before the last game. So this was my, really my only chance. So what do you think of the Joe? I mean, it's definitely <laughs> the last of its kind. I mean, if you know, 10, yes. 15 years ago, there were several others that had kind of a, a similar yeah. setup, but it's, it's basically the last of its kind now. It is. And the, the one thing is that the seating, the way it's arranged in there, is that the seats towards the top are really great. You have a really great view. Um, it's a really old arena. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And the fans are aware of that. The, the, the thing is, is that it has a lot of history. And there's just, you know, it becomes iconic, right? It has become this iconic thing because you have the banners up in the rafters. You have all these statues outside of it. It's right on the riverfront, but there's no windows. There's just a lot of little uh, unique parts about the arena, and a lot has happened there. Not just hockey, but a lot has happened there. And you can feel that when you're in there. It's kind of like Wrigley. It's kind of like um, Fenway in that regard, and there's just this feel when you're in there. But the fans know it's old, and the fans, yes, they're going to miss it, but they're excited for something new. They may hate the name of the new place, but they are excited that there is something new. Because, you know, I get to go there. I go one game there, and you're like, oh, God, my feet are sticking to the floor towards the top. Or, you know, these, these little things that you kind of ignore because there's so much else going on in there. But that's something they have to deal with for 41 games a season. And 
you know, it'll be nice for them to get that. There's no like real um, like club level there because it's when you go in, it's just kind of split. So you either go up or down. And, you know, when you talk about modern arenas, that's just unheard of. So they're excited to get something new and modern, but it's it's always hard to say goodbye. And for those not familiar, the new arena, it will be uh, Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> and, hey, uh, yeah, they're definitely they, not happy. They, they sold a lot of $5 pizzas to, uh, to pay for that. <laughs> it, could little, it could be worse. It could be worse. Yes, and it they could do be worse. Sell a lot of Little Caesars pizza in, inside the arena already. And the owner had a huge part little Caesars uh, owner had a huge part in making the Detroit Red Wings, the way the Red Wings that we know. So, you know, there is, there is that part of it. It's just, it's the name there now is a cool name, like the Joe Lewis arena, but that doesn't exist anymore. Like that, that is like you said, DJ, the last of its kind really. on a side note regarding bad stadium names, um, the Chicago White Sox unveiled oh. guaranteed rate field signage this week. Uh, that's. Uh... I can tell you, we have all been making fun of the down arrow. <laughs> it's just, it's I mean, that's not down what arrow. you want. It's like a symbol <laughs> that you don't want associated with your team, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you also have the Cubs right there who have Wrigley. So it's like you have this really great historic stadium or ballpark, and then you have guaranteed lower rate uh, stadium. So that yeah. can't be can't be too nice. And they're uh, they're. In... I guess if they ever tried to change Wrigley's name, there'd probably be riots out well, here. Well, here's okay, here's the, say... here's the thing with Wrigley though is Wrigley is technically the first even though it was named after the fa- the Wrigley family who owned it it was technically the first quote-unquote corporate sponsor stadium or one of the first but yeah you, when you think of Wrigley Field you're not thinking of chewing gum yeah exactly <laughs> you're thinking of that uh, it isn't oh that's another old ballpark too but again when you're in those there's just something special about it when you're there so moving on, actually, before we move on, uh, I know you're from the other side of the state of Pennsylvania, but had you ever, uh, when the old Mellon Arena was in Pittsburgh, did you ever have a chance to attend uh, a game there? I did not. My first time in Pittsburgh for any game for hockey was actually this year. So yeah. uh, technically it was last year in 2016, but this season. My uh, my father, uh, he travels to Pittsburgh periodically for work, and he would go see Penguins games. You know, try to time his trips so he'd get to a game. And he went to the old Mellon Arena, and in one of the last couple of years of it, and he had a he sent me a text message, and his seat was literally the top row in the corner. There was a giant uh, horizontal beam blocking his view of the ice, and in uh. the center of the beam was a about a 13 inch black and white TV showing the broadcast of the game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's so old school. Yeah, that's oh. yeah. It's, it's, uh, they've, they've really stepped it up. Uh, you know, I haven't been to the, the new arena, but you know, from, I don't think it, your, your bar is set pretty low when you have you know fans having to watch yeah. on a little screen from inside the arena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the only way you can go is up from there. So taking a step back, I, you know, we first ran into each other at, uh, at a spring training game, um, you know, in, in Tempe at the, uh, I believe it's Diablo 
stadium. Diablo, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I live about 20, 25 minutes from there and, uh, driven by it. And that was actually my first time inside. And it was actually, it was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting facility with the, mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed is, you know, the lawn seats are becoming popular again. And, uh, yeah. but their lawn seats actually hook around the left field foul pole, mm-hmm. which was pretty unique. I've never seen anything yeah. like that before. Yeah. It was definitely unique in there. Uh, it was the layout was very interesting from like a fan perspective in that especially inside the concourse like where the shade is there. They have like a line that you cannot stand in front of. Yes. It's essentially there's there's that. a line right behind this where the seats are at the top of the row that you can't stand in front of and then there's a little like a walkway for like the traffic of the people traffic to walk through. And then people stand behind that as well. And so it's just this big pile of congestion. It's like if you just let people have like a standing room only line, this would be much cleaner. But and that was very interesting because it was almost like, do you realize that fans walk through here? Uh, especially because the sun is so hot. And it's the, it just beats on you everywhere in there. You need to get into the shade there because the sun will just beat on you for four hours. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty brutal. I mean, I was hanging out near a tree in the in the outfield, yeah. and it was still ugh. That, that was the, a, that was unseasonably warm for that time of year. <laughs> it was. It, I actually burnt my finger on my Camelback, uh, the zipper on the bag, because it was sitting in the sun for so long. And when I went to open it, it scorched my finger. <laughs> So it was pretty hot. It was a pretty hot one then. There's actually a running joke here that they say, you know, summer's here when you have to drive wearing oven mitts. Wow, does it get that bad in your car? Uh, yeah, they said that. I mean, there's a huge campaign about, like, don't leave your kids, don't leave your pets in the in the yeah. car because they said the temperatures can get up to, like, 160 degrees in the middle of the summer. Oh, that's horrendous. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a bit of an adjustment, so... Um, while you were also out here, you happened to visit a burger establishment that yes. many people often yes. visit, and that would be In-N-Out Burger. Uh, so honestly, though, the state back to the stadium real quick. The, the, if you're not from that area, or like if you're, you know, not from an area that has beautiful scenery, that was just gorgeous to me out there. The they had like a little bit of like the foothills there right in like the backdrop of the baseball uh, where the, the diamond. And it was just kind of like when you're sitting there and you're not used to that, it's just gorgeous. So that was something I really appreciated when I was out there. You definitely felt like you were in the middle of a desert, which was, you know, you're in Arizona. It's kind of what you want. <laughs> um, but before the game, actually I did, I went and I said, I, I uh, popped my in and out burger cherry. I, <laughs> I had my in and out burger for the first time and, you know, it's something that, like, all the celebrities and all the stars, it's their guilty pleasure. And I can freaking see why. It is so good. They, they churn through burgers. I mean, the line there was insane. But it's just, it's such a good burger. And it comes to you immediately. I don't understand how they do it. I, and the other thing, too, is if you've noticed with the, uh, this is turning into an ad for In-N-Out Burger. But the, uh, <laughs> they, they, they literally have potatoes in the back like whole yes. potatoes and they skin yep. the potato and, and chop mm-hmm. them up and t- toss them right in. I mean, they literally make it straight from the potato. And also I want to give a shout out here because like Wendy's big thing is that they're fresh, never frozen. 
And it's like, oh, that's good. That's good for you, Wendy's. Did you know In-N-Out Burger is fresh, never frozen? Like, get on that. Come on. Like, I hear everything. All I hear is Wendy's chirping at people on Twitter about their fresh, never frozen. Come to find out In-N-Out Burger has been doing it all along. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't need to advertise. They kind of have this whole little underground <laughs> thing going. And uh, oh yeah, I was actually, I went there on uh, last Saturday at... And I pulled in around 11 o'clock, and the place was still packed. Like, they had the guy standing outside in the drive-thru because there was probably 10 cars in the drive-thru. The dining room was completely packed on, at 11 o'clock. Kate have, you, is, Kate, have you ever had In-N-Out Burger? I have not. And now I'm feeling like <sighs> DJ let me down when I was out there by Phoenix. How did I it's let you It's really down? good. <laughs> We'll just go with DJ Let Me Down. You're an adult. <laughs> you can get yourself in a rental car or just you can call an DJ. Uber. It's, just blame That's, DJ. It's easy. Blame, blame, blame DJ. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good burger and it's just, it comes to you so fast too. I think that's like, you know, you think of getting fast food, you think of like a McDonald's burger, but this is just a delicious fast food burger. McDonald's actually announced today that coming soon the uh, the quarter pounder will be with fresh, not frozen beef. So in uh, most of their restaurants, most not even the, all of them. Yeah, well, I only I know this because Wendy's tweeted at them. <laughs> Wendy's getting on Twitter and making fun of everybody again. They're just Wendy's has no chill on Twitter. No, they don't. They uh, they're pretty brutal sometimes. I've noticed. It's, but it's hilarious. To me, it's hilarious. I appreciate it. I agree. It is. They, they made national news recently, for those that aren't aware, uh, a gentleman who wasn't exactly bright called him out saying that there's no way you don't freeze your, your beef. How else would you transport it to the, uh, uh, to your restaurants? And they said their literal response was, how do you keep things cold without using a freezer? <laughs> And then, wait, the best was that he got mad. They responded, don't get mad at us just because you forgot what a refrigerator was. And, like, it, and, and then he tried to bring McDonald's into the conversation saying they have the best breakfast. And like, no, don't bring them in here. <laughs> oh, my God. No chill. They have no chill. None whatsoever. So coming up, you mentioned you're heading to Australia here soon. Where, uh, yes. where else will you be heading in the next few months? So I have a pretty busy schedule actually coming up. So Australia, I'm gone for three weeks in Australia. So I will be in uh, Melbourne, Perth, Broome, and Brisbane wow. over in Australia. You see the whole country. Yeah, I'm going from one coast to the next. <laughs> uh, and then when I come back, I'm probably going to try to head out to Portland. That is, uh, I know some people out in Portland and I really want to do a Portland Timbers game. And you have to know people when you're going out to Portland. So got to find the right connections there. And, uh, I'm also going to the USA Mexico game. I'm also doing a NASCAR event at the end of May in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, So I'm working with NASCAR on that. Nice. And the the big one in June though is I'm going to Mexico City for the USA Mexico World Cup qualifier. That is going to be insane. I'm slightly nervous. Uh, it definitely will be an intense game, but it's an experience that I've heard that you it, there's it's the Azteca is the stadium in Mexico City, and apparently it's if you're a fan of the sport and you want to have a once in a lifetime experience, go to a USA Mexico game at Estadio Azteca. 
So the question is, will you be traveling with the, uh, well, you say you say cheer like a local, so does that mean you have to yeah. cheer for Mexico? In a World Cup qualifier, <laughs> I will not be. <laughs> so I, are you... I'm, going to, I'm going to a Luchadori match Ooh. Which, uh, Friday night. I get in on a Friday night, so I will do that. That'll be really cool. Um, and I know I have enough, I know enough people down in Mexico that I do plan to meet up with some Mexico fans. Uh, I think that's part of the, the beauty of the game is that, you know, when I was at the USA-Mexico game in Columbus, yes, it's a very intense rivalry, but like before the game, we were all tailgating together and stuff. So, you know, I know enough people down there that it'll be great to see them in their home. Uh, I'm sure they'll tell me the best places to get food and what to do during, you know, my couple of days there but during the game i gotta rep my uh my usa jersey. yeah that would be probably borderline treason otherwise <laughs> i do have a mexico jersey though from the usa mexico game i was at in november i did a jersey swap with oh nice uh, with the mexico fan yeah so that was pretty cool that was pretty cool so this weekend also in the phoenix area the final four will be kicking off and if all goes well with the editing the show will be up before that happens and uh, <laughs> so we've got the semifinal games on Saturday, um, finals yes. on Monday night. It's already insane down here. I am made the mistake of taking tickets to a, a baseball game in downtown Phoenix, so I will be fighting that traffic on rush hour on Friday night, uh, which will be awesome. But the other <laughs> item of note is there is a March Madness Music Festival at Margaret T. Hance Park, which is located about a mile north of the convention center in downtown Phoenix. And they have a pretty star-studded lineup for this event. Um, Friday night, uh, Keith Urban will be headlighting the evening with others. On Saturday, they will have the Chainsmokers and others. And the big day is Sunday, where the uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats will be kicking off the day, followed by Blink-182, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, and the, oh, and the evening headliner, Aerosmith. That is, those are huge names. And this is yeah. all free, as long as you can get into the park, which I'm just going to stay away. Oh, Where's my God. How can you stay away? I don't like crowds. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's uh, it's going to be borderline psychotic there this weekend. So I think I'm going to watch from afar. Watch from afar. That's you got to get down there, DJ. You got to get down there. And hey, take I told you, I'm, I'm going down there on Friday night. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what's going on. Uh, I'm but planning. That's a whole different thing. If I have time, I'll go visit Alice Cooper's establishment right next to Chase Field. Uh, one of our uh, actually one of our stadium scene.com uh, editors choices for yeah. the phoenix area so before we uh start wrapping things up do we have any predictions for the final four i mean i made a pretty bold prediction when i picked uh north carolina to win. so i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick with that i think uh unc goes to the the championship game and well, it would be great to see South Carolina get to the championship game. I think that their run is up. I think Gonzaga wins. And you see North Carolina and Gonzaga in the final. I've been totally, like, banking on Gonzaga this whole time. So. I mean, it's a pretty safe – it's a good bet, though. Like, if you had to bank on a team, they're a pretty good one to bank on. Yeah. See, I didn't fill out a bracket this year. and uh, What? I didn't what fill is out... this madness? I know. And I didn't fill out one last year either. Um I just are you uh, even American? Are you even American, DJ? I'm starting to question this. They're, they're, 
I have I, I have a birth certificate that says I was born in Indiana, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Are you uh, sure Indiana's part of America? In, well, there's, that's also up for debate sometimes. Um, so for the final four, I, I, I would like to see South Carolina do well this weekend. Uh, I, I really like their coach, Frank Martin, because – he just looks like he's insane, and everyone that knows him says that he just looks insane, and when he's coaching, he's insane, but they said he actually couldn't be a nicer guy, and you know, just some of the things I've read that he said, uh, just a, a big fan of his. Um, unfortunately, I probably think Gonzaga will win the, the first game, and yeah. I think North Carolina will win the second game, and unfortunately, I think North Carolina will win. All right, so we have it on record. The two of us think, DJ and I think North Carolina. Kate, you have Gonzaga. We will know shortly. We will know very soon. (laughs) And, yes, this was recorded on the Thursday before, so, no, there were no uh, picking after the fact. Thank you very much. (laughs) Just puts the pressure on you to get this up and going before Saturday. Yeah, I know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have it up probably tonight. It may be tomorrow, depending on what time I get home. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we actually, Kate and I recorded some commercials for the uh, for the show to stick in there, and they're uh, they're pretty awful, and I take the full responsibility for them being completely awful. <laughs> DJ tried to sing. He was, yeah, he, no, he just, just tried. <laughs> like, at least I'm well aware of the fact that, like, I can't sing. Well, I, I know I can't sing either. Life. Yeah. He still chose though. He made the he made the active decision to to sing. Yes, I wanted to humiliate myself, and I felt that's the best way possible. We were talking. I, that was probably a good. I purposely messed up just to hear him butcher another song. So. <laughs> I love we it. Did, I love it. Did we we recorded that twice, didn't we? Yeah. I just let it run, so I'll have to go back. I'm sure there's a good collection of outtakes, but you know, in our in our ticket sponsor. Uh, one of the things they feature is musicals and they're really pushing Hamilton right now, but you know, I have not seen Hamilton. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the music from Hamilton, but one of the musicals I did see that I'm somehow I am familiar with. And I don't know, I blame my mother, but I am familiar with the musical Oklahoma. And so I decided yeah. to th- sing the refrain from the title track to that musical. <laughs> no need to repeat though. No, I will not. <laughs> It's already recorded once. We, we don't it's, need it again. It's recorded once saying? for history, and it'll probably... You know what? We're going to go ahead and end the show, and we'll play that commercial so you can listen to my horrible singing. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, be sure to visit us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Stadium Scene, and our oddball Instagram at Stadium underscore Scene because somebody stole the... Uh, handle before we got our hands on it so i'm working to try to get that but so far no luck and uh jillian thank you for being on the show and welcome yeah. to the team thanks i'm very excited i think we're on to good things guys excellent yeah. I, we think so too so uh, we will see you next time and uh, we've got a couple of guests lined up here in the next couple of weeks uh we have a, a blogger from denver who actually worked at a couple of the stadiums and is very familiar with the scene so that'll be uh, pretty exciting to learn a little bit more about denver so that'll be coming up here in the next couple of weeks so on that note i'm dj and for kate and jillian we'll see you next time on the stadium scene podcast
Tickets to big games sell out fast, sometimes way too fast for most people to get their hands on. Fortunately, that's where Ticket Liquidator comes in. They can help you find tickets to your favorite sold-out sporting event, concert, or musical. Musical? Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? That was awful. Well, thank you. What are we going to do with you? How about the rest of us go get tickets from Ticket Liquidator so we don't have to listen to DJ sing anymore? StadiumScene.com slash tickets. Again, that's StadiumScene.com forward slash tickets. <laughs> 